Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Live on a First Friday Miracle edition of the program, Merely Bo, the great Z. How you doing, buddy? How you living? Good, dude. Got the boards going. Playoffs. Let's go. Schwartz 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 is ready ready to go. Let's go. go. Here's Coach Schwartz. A lot of yards is you also turn the ball over a lot. And, um, you know, it's been impressive what he's been able to do. Um, we're going to have to play tight coverage. Um, we're going to have to stay after him in the pass rush. Um, you know, and uh, th- those are, and we're going to have to limit run after the catch because he does a good job of giving his guys opportunities to run after the catch, including Nico Collins, who's, who's one of the, that's one of the things he does best. Jim, go ahead. I was just going to say the list of, Breaking quarterbacks who win their first playoff game is very short. Why yeah, Joe Flacco was one. <laughs> yeah, he beat me. 2000, 2008, Titans. Um, just could never make him make a mistake. I think we turned the ball over like four times in the plus 20. Chris Johnson started off the game. He had like 100 yards in the first quarter and then got an ankle sprain and missed the rest of the game. Um, but, yeah, Joe was, uh, Joe was a rookie. And it was a low-scoring game. But... Um, you know, he, he he got it. So I'm glad Joe's on our side. Um, and I'm glad history's sort of on the uh, on the other side. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it just depends on the guy. I can't speak for him. Um, I think playoffs come, in, come down to, um, you know, who can be themselves the best if that makes sense. Um, you know, can we be the best version of ourselves versus the Texans being the best version of themselves? I think that's, um, you know, that's when it, when it's all said and done. You've got 17 games under your belt. There's not a whole lot you're going to pull out that another team hasn't seen, you know, and really at this point of the year people are going with what they do best. And, um, you know, so I think that that has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, I, I really can't worry about him and and how he'll treat the game, as much as we just um, we're just con- we're just focused on our guys and how we're going to treat the game. We know it's the playoffs. Um, every mistake is amplified. Every big play is amplified. A mistake can send you home. A big play can um, can can help you advance. And that's what it it, it is. It's single elimination football. And uh, whatever you can do to advance each week, um, that's what you have to do. And that's where our focus is. Yeah, when you uh, when you first got here and met with Miles, did you set expectations for him in any way? And if so, over the course of the season, the year, how has he responded? Yeah, I'll keep conversations I have with players um, to myself and and to the player. If they want to talk about it, that's fine. But I don't think it's uh, my place to reveal those kind of conversations. Um, but he has been everything that that um, we expected. You know. Um, he affects the game every single time he's on the field. Um, 
you know, he's uh, he's played well against the run. He's played well against the pass. Um, one of the best players. I, I said this a few weeks ago. Um, probably one of the three best players I've uh, coached in 31 years. Kim, I saw a stat. Um, you guys have forced more punts than any team since the 1999 Ravens. So what does that say about just consistency, the way you've been playing defensively? Yeah, um, you know, that sort of goes hand in hand with our third down percentage. Um, you know, we were number one in the NFL in third down percentage, and when you're winning those snaps, you're going to force um, you're going to force a lot of punts. Um, you know, our job, and, and I've said this before, our job is to limit scoring and to try to get the ball back for the offense. And after a slow start and turnovers, I, I thought we 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 did a pretty good job. I don't know where we finished, but you know, we were in that top five area. I don't know where it ended up. But we've done a good job there. We've done a good job um, getting the ball back for the offense. When you went on third down, when you force punts, um, you know you, you've you've you know you've you've done your job, and um, you know that's why we concentrate. We spend a lot of time. Today's a third down day, and our ability to get off the field on third down is a lot. It means a lot to us. Cover guys, rush guys, um, keep drives from um, continuing. We've done a good job of of nipping drives in the bud with good third down percentage and you know that's going to be a big part of this game. Mike, uh, Jim, uh, I know um, how you feel about Mike Rabel and you know the, the chance that he gave you to do what you did for those couple of years there and I was just wondering you know what what your thoughts were on, on him getting that going. Yeah I mean obviously I have a lot of respect for Mike and um, admire him a, a great deal but you know this is a playoff game I would just want to keep the focus on Texans and the Browns. Hey, Jim, you've been in the league a long time. Um, I know quarterback injuries have had something to do with this, but it feels like going into the playoffs, defenses have always been important, but it seems like they're more impactful than ever. I think five of the six top scoring defenses are in the playoffs. You guys have had a sensational year. Um, the rules have always seemed to be stacked against defenses, but do you feel like it's maybe swinging in the other direction? Um, I don't know. I mean, we just concentrate on trying to play within the rules that were given and uh, – like I said, try to limit scoring and get the ball back for the offense and, you know, potentially um, put them in scoring position. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, the league goes through so many cycles, it's it, it's hard to say. Um, you know, but being a defensive coach, you know, that, I mean, it, there is that adage, you know, hey, defensive win, defense wins championships and um, teams that I've been around, um, you know, when you play when you play good defense in the playoffs, you put, give yourself a good chance. Yeah, you know, know that Delpit uh, returned to practice. Is it too much to ask for a Saturday game for him after being out four weeks? Yeah, I mean, I haven't even seen him out there yet. So, um, you know, I'll let Kevin handle those questions. But it's a good first step for him. He's been working extremely hard. I mean, you talk about a driven dude. I mean, he is, um, you know, I mean, he, he's been really driven to get back. We'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes. And with Thornhill missing time also during that time, how have the Pickman and Anthony Bell and Harmon come? Yeah, I can't say enough good things about those guys. Um, you know, they were four or five and not on the depth chart at the beginning of the year. Um, and they've come in and, um, you know, played really good football for us. And I mentioned this before about uh, Ronnie, a um, little bit talking about C.J. Stroud. Um, usually when you're, when you're rookies, you know, they're sort of, they can do their job, but they need somebody to tell them what to do or somebody else to make the calls. 
when Juan was down, when Grant was down, Ronnie really became the glue of our secondary and communicated as good, if not better, than any rookie safety I've been around. And uh, I think that's, you know, he's made plays. He's, um, he's tackled well for us, um, overlapped in the passing game. You know, D. Bell's made a lot of big plays for us. And Harmon had an interception against these guys. He's given us that, um, you know, that veteran steadiness that we lost with Rodney McLeod. But, you know, having lost our top three safeties for significant portions, um, you know, the game doesn't care. Playoffs don't care who's playing. Um, you know, so those guys have uh, have stepped up and, um, you know, have been able to um, do their job in our scheme. Did you see Obo come back? And did he show you enough against Cincinnati that you think he can be a viable part of this Yeah, we just wanted to get him going a little bit in that game, just sort of pick and choose our spots. But he's certainly in the mix. And, you know, if he can give us some good pass rushes, give us some good snaps, um, that'll go a long way. Um, keep, see, keep some of the other guys fresh. But, you know, he's been a big part of our third down success. And we've missed him over these last five weeks, whatever it's been, four weeks, five weeks. I, I can't keep track of time now. But um, it's, it, it was good to see him back out there. He brings a lot of energy to the practice field. And I'm confident he can make some plays on Sunday. To go back to the safeties, I know Rodney obviously hasn't been able to play, but the fact that he's stuck around here and rehabbed, how crucial has he been for to bring those younger guys into Ron around when he got here and just now that you guys are in this critical stretch here? Yeah. Um, you know, he's found a way to contribute even without being on the field. And, um, I mean, I could be here for a month talking about the respect that I have for, um, for Rodney. You know, he wore the helmet for me, two different teams. Um, and uh, another guy that I just uh, totally respect and admire, and it's just within it's it's just right in his character that when he was injured, that um, he's still going to find a way to contribute. Um, Anthony Walker has done the same thing for us, and um, you know he he had to miss some time, but uh, he's back in our building now. Um, you know all those guys have stayed close. Mo Hurst has still has stayed close. They're all veteran guys, and. Um, um, they realize that their contribution to the team doesn't begin and end, or doesn't end with the game field or the practice field. They uh, they've been able to find a way to contribute, and um, you know our success has a lot to do with that. Is that, normal, Is that normal, Jim? That guys who are on the injury reserve, maybe done for the season, stick around like that, or is that more unique? You think this? Um, you know, it depends. Sometimes it's a matter of. You know, somebody has a family that's in the area or, you know, something else. I just think, you know, those guys just, um, they've been around. They know this is a, a special season and a special team, and they want to continue to be part of it. Um, you know, um, a couple of day, couple days ago I was telling the team um, some of the similarities I had, that I saw between our team and 2017 with the Eagles, and, probably the biggest one is how much the players enjoy each other. You know, they genuine, genuinely root for each other and genuinely like to be together and practice. And that continuity has taken us through a lot of tough times this year. I mean, we've, we've had some, um, you know, we've had some things, to, um, you know, put in our way over the course of the year. But, you know, you don't see the frustration show on the field. You don't see guys throwing helmets or, you know, yelling at each other or you don't see the jealousy or you don't see finger pointing. And, um, you know, that, that, that was probably the, 
um, thing that stood out the most between like our team and where we've been. A lot of people have made, you know, thing of you know lost the starting quarterback and veteran replaces him and multiple injuries and you know things like that. But I just say our team, um, our team, our team, um, like general genuinely has fun together. And you know you can do some things as coach to try to push them in that direction, but it has to come. It has to come organically from them, and um, that's been developing over the course of the whole season. I think we're stronger now as a result of some of the tough times we've been through, and we're going to need. We're going to have to rely on some of that resilience as we go through um, this playoff season. Um, like I said, a great play can propel you. Um, a missed opportunity, a drop pass, a dropped interception, a missed assignment can send you home. It's high stakes, and I think our guys are uh, ready for that uh, challenge. Certainly was high stakes and will be high stakes on Sunday, but thankfully that's the guy piloting the ship for us on that side of the ball. His impact immediately noticed in camp uh, was oh yeah has been there all year. Um, the attitude, the togetherness, nice shot out of you. Thank you. Appropriate. Fantastic hat out of, out of a big L there. That's good. He's focused, locked in. Um, no, but I, I mean, I, so much of the last month has been Flacco, but the bedrock of this team has been that defense all year. Yeah, it's the, it's the engine. You heard Ben Bloom say it at the, the beginning of the last sideline to sideline. Um, this defense has been spectacular. It's been yeah. historically good in, in many instances. And yet, that has been the engine, and you're kind of pairing that with what has become a, a big play offense, which was it started to become at the end of the Deshaun Watson run and then is again now with Joe Flacco and certainly prolific throwing the football, and that's been a good marriage. Uh, I still think this team has room to improve offensively. It's got room to stop turning the football over, and then defensively, it has room to improve in the red zone. It has not been a good red zone or a goal line yeah. defense, and I think in the, in the playoffs – Turnovers are going to be a big part of it, and then you know turning potential sevens and limiting those to threes. Those are wins in the playoffs, and that's something that this football team uh, needs to do. And I think I'm sure Jim Schwartz is preaching it like a dime's got. He's got the Jays. He's got some heat on the feet tonight. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, very yeah, nice. Sure. Yeah, yeah, he loves it. Of course yeah. he is. What colorway is that? I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. It's like they, had, they dropped some navy ones over the over. The I don't holiday. think it was navy. It looked like, it's a, like gray a gray. Navy. It's a gray on the toe, and then it's got a, a navy where the red is on the threes. Ooh, and that could have been that, that. could have been it, or it could have been they. They did a black one where it's gray with the black. It yeah, could have been one of those. Yeah, they definitely gray. some gray. Great. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. Um, no, it is, and it's when you think about you know we we talked. Yes, we'll talk about this matchup all week, obviously, and, and people are talking about it around the league as well. Um, this this story of C.J. Stroud, um, a, a rookie quarterback having the year he had is historic. This defense has been historic, and the things that we do well um, seem to fit well with what they do well. Yep. So it is a strength versus strength matchup on this side of the ball. Very much so. And I think that, you know, when Case Keenum was in there, he was trying to get the ball out quickly. The Browns knew that. They were able to come up and tackle. With C.J. Stroud, he will hold the ball, and he can make plays down the field. And so it's going to be very important for the Cleveland Browns to make sure they cover, don't give up the chunk plays. It really is kind of like Nico Collins is a one-man band. They're not throwing the ball to anybody Tank else. Tank Dell's been out for a while now. Tank Dell's out for the season. And he's like, been out, and so they don't really have no, anything else consistently. Last week... Mechie and Xavier Hutchinson were the other two receivers that played. 38 snaps and 36 snaps. Collins played 47. Mechie had one catch for five yards. Hutchinson had one for six. It was Nico Collins had 195 of the 264 yards passing. Dalton Schultz had five for 42. Those two, that's it. Yeah. 
That's, I mean, really, it is. Take Nico Collins out of the game, make somebody else beat you. I, I don't know that they can. I like our guys one on one with Mechie and Hutchinson and even Noah Brown, who's been out with a back injury. You don't know if he's even going to be ready to go. Robert Woods has been missing time with a knee. He's not a spring chicken by any stretch of the imagination. I saw he was back today at practice, though, for He them, slowed yeah. down, though. I mean, no, for sure. That's not what he was. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about. Big play guys, Mechie is the guy. Take him out. I, I feel like the Browns are in a pretty good spot. I'm not Mechie the guy. Collins is the guy. As you were, um, obviously this is a totally different game to prepare for than the last time around because of Stroud's availability. Um, when it comes to Nico Collins, how will we? How how do they utilize him? Do they move him around a lot as you've as you've started to get into this? And then how will we counter that? Well, because we just stay where we're at mostly, right? Yeah, they'll move him around, but I think what we will end up doing is kind of the way that we approached the the second half, really, in that Jets game. Yeah, and, and what we did was. Ronnie Hickman kind of rolled towards Garrett Wilson. And yeah, you can move him around, but we can move with that too. Everywhere, yeah. And when you did that, it's okay, you're going to have to throw it somewhere else. And I think that is exactly what the Browns need to do in this one. Take Nico Collins out of this football game and let's see what we can do. Now, to do that, though, you play a little bit more too high safety than you normally would. Yeah. Or you can just say, look, you guys are going to be on your island on the other side, MJ against Mechie and, and whatnot. And I think you'd feel fine about that. But. Then they're they're going to try to run the ball with Devin Singletary. He's got three 100-yard games this season. So I think for the Browns, ultimately though, I'm less afraid of that than I am of Nico Collins making sure at 109. He had Nico Collins this year has four games with 140 or more yards. He's got five games with 100 yards, four with 140 or more, two with 190 or more. Yeah, that's that's the guy. Big time. He's Take a- him out and make them go elsewhere to beat you. And I think you've got a pretty good shot in this one. It's interesting that how all of this is coming together with with this matchup and all of it and obviously I'm aware of it but it didn't really hit me until you mentioned that it would be Hickman rolling over like he did on Garrett Wilson I mean who has played more against CJ Stroud than Ronnie Hickman probably certainly I mean, how many team. how many snaps in practice over the last three years has Ronnie Hickman been on the opposite side of CJ Stroud uh, down in Columbus so he would whatever traits he has he certainly would have a familiarity with what CJ is looking no for more than anyone else would and vice at, versa. A, at a free safety yeah for sure yeah. in a free safety position there wouldn't be anybody else in the league that would have the familiarity with with CJ the way that Ronnie Hickman does um, so that's there you go that is uh, that is Jim Schwartz and, and that is our defense and that will be the headliner of this matchup will be how those two things deal with each other uh, lots more to continue to get you prepared for take a look at where we stand from a health standpoint uh, uh, another practice, uh, back to practice today. Practice going to start here in about seven minutes. Um, we'll have some updates on Great who's in, who's out, all of that. Um, that is coming up next. We're off and running. Listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Pet Supplies Plus is a winning team. They crush the competition with everyday low prices, more selection, and a powerhouse lineup of fan favors like Purina Pro Plan and more. Great for dogs, cats, fish, and reptiles. Pet Supplies Plus is your MVP. Time for the Hot Topics of the Day, presented by Vivid Seats, official fan experience partner of your Cleveland Browns. 
Browns back on the practice field in about three minutes out there. The injury report we'll get to in a second. Um, in terms of the t- Texans, though, Gibby, you have a look at who's in and who's out down yeah, there. Yeah, they just took the field about 25 minutes ago. Uh, Aaron Wilson reporting not practicing today. Noah Brown, Grenard, Jerry Hughes, Will Anderson Jr. for a second straight day. Uh, Texans returning to practice, Laramie Tunsil, Shaq Mason, Robert Woods, and Malik Collins. So the Anderson bi- is to what? I mean, I and Grenard. Grenard and Anderson both, yeah. I wonder and, if Grenard is a vet day off maybe. Yeah. Dude, Grenard has not played since we played him. It's been a while. Did he practice yesterday? No. No, uh-uh. Was he DNP yesterday? Yes. He was DNP yesterday. Yeah, no, he has not played. And obviously if he was able to play last week, that was a playoff game for them. He would have played. He would have played. So, so he's – he has not seen the field since he got injured against us. So that would be big. If he's out and you're looking at Will Anderson. Now, Anderson was able to play last week, but I don't think he was able to do much. Uh, actually did not play many snaps. It was down from the week before when he first came back from the injury. He had the two sacks two weeks ago against Tennessee. I'm. That's their top three pass rushers. Derek Barnett would be then the next top pass rusher on the outside. Grenard's got 12 and a half sacks, and he had that going into the game against us. Right. Will Anderson's got seven. Jerry Hughes has three. Derek Barnett's got two and a half in six games with Houston. He's played well, but they could be down to Derek Barnett and MyJ Sanders, and they might have to bring somebody up off of you know the practice squad. They've got three defensive ends on the practice squad. Kerry Hyder. Oh, boy. Allie Gay and... I'm going to have to get my pronunciation. Big, big, big drop-off, Coach. Adedeo Odalele. <laughs> you said it. And I don't know you if said I said it, it brother. right. But said it emphatically. Said it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that will be something that bears watching, obviously. That's massive. You knew Malik Collins was going to be back, and you knew on the line Tunsil and Shaq Mason would be back. Those guys have, have been there basically the whole time this season. Tunsil and I guess made another Pro Bowl as so well. So I guess the practice you're looking – does that – I mean, our old thing is pay attention to the Friday practice. Which is tomorrow. tomorrow, right? Yes. So, so tomorrow, if you get DNPs again from Anderson and Grenard, they're good, they'll be ruled out, yeah. most likely. Jeez, yeah. Uh, everybody in the league's banged up. We're no exception to that. And, and we'll get a look at who's practicing for us today and who is not relatively shortly. I would think it would be coming at any moment in terms of who's in and who's out. Um, in the meantime, the team amount announced earlier today that they've designated safety Grant Delpit to return from IR. Um, Jim Schwartz was asked about this. He says he's leaving that up to Kevin. Um, but he, um, what, what is your sense on Delpit? He's not, not, not this week. No. Okay. Would be my sense. Yep. Yes. Not this week. I think, I think you're opening the window, hoping – we do some things here. You've got a chance to get Grant Delpit back, maybe in the divisional round at the earliest. But my, I, I don't think this week. No. Okay. So I mean, like you said, you haven't even seen him on the practice. But like, yeah, you got at some point you got to go, got to get out there and and go a little bit before before you can go play in an actual NFL playoff game. Right. So Bell and Hickman then is where, where we're at, and then Thornhill outside hope. But as you mentioned yesterday on the show, when talking about Hickman and the way that he was handled in the game on Sunday, perhaps something to read into that. Yeah, it makes you. It just gives you a little bit of pause on to you know whether or not what you'll have there, it, it with with Juan if he's going to be able to go and and even if he is, it feels to me like it would be one of those situations like when he first came back against the Jets, where he and Hickman were on the field together a bit, and, and I think that would be maybe the way that that you go there. But hopefully Juan Thornhill, and I think there is some optimism that he is going to be able to play this week. But my guess is you're going to see Juan Thornhill. You know, and you're still going to see plenty of Ronnie Hickman. I don't think there's any question about that. 
And then beyond that, I'm just thinking like even from a from a depth standpoint. Beyond that, it's I mean, we're geez, that's you're you're what fourth, fifth safeties. Yeah, but I mean they're playing like they played starters. well though. The yeah. Anthony Bell's been great for you. He's got two picks. Deron Harmon's the veteran. He's got a pick and is reliable. So you're actually, I think, in safety, you're in as good a spot as you've been, you know, in weeks. Because if Thornhill's back and and now that Hickman and DeAnthony Bell have gotten that experience and they're playing at such a high level, that you feel pretty good about it. I feel good about our safety room. I really do. And I think that you know Juan is a guy that certainly they are probably are judicious with to make sure that he is ready to go for the playoffs as a two-time Super Bowl champ. He's yeah, been, you want it. He's Need done it. it. He's been out there. The moment will not be too big for him. Um, and I think that if you're the Browns, no, you're feeling pretty good there. I think there's supreme confidence in, in Ronnie Hickman, and, and I think the praise that he received from Jim Schwartz in that press conference earlier today was effusive. I mean, said he was, you know, in terms of the rookies he's been around, he's the best communicator and is playing as well as anybody. There was an all-rookie team that was put out this morning from a publication that had him on it as the safety, that had Hickman on the all-rookie team as a safety. Really? That had him listed, yeah. It was, I remember it came up in the, in the morning uh, occupation. So, yeah, huh. look at this guy. Jeez, look at, I mean, it's in some sort of, it's a, another custom. Look at, yeah. And he's got a little, like a chucka, a little chucka. Yeah. Oh. Why not? Why not? Running Why a not? business. Yeah. Team also signed uh, cornerback Kalon Barnes to the practice squad. Um, he's in his second seasons out of Baylor, originally drafted by Carolina in the seventh round in 2022, appeared in two games with Minnesota in 2022. He spent time on the practice squads with the Steelers and the Jets. Um, what do you anticipate from an environment standpoint down there on Saturday? What did you get three weeks ago? Obviously, very different feel, but what was Totally. The... No, I think you're going to get uh, – I really think you're going to get a good showing of Browns fans. I think it's going to be rocking, you know, for as, as passionate as the Texans fans are going to be able to get. That's going to be rocking, but I expect a lot of Browns fans. I expect an awesome environment. Is it a good – does that place have them? Have is good it, is, it a, is it a good – Yeah, I like it. Yeah, you like it? I yeah. like it. It looks huge on TV. It's not – it's bigger – it is big. It's not – cavernous though it can be it's not it can okay get it looks that there. way it's funny you use that word because that's the word i was going to use that's what it looks like on tv it looks enormous and cavernous on tv like so, so some of my friends who were there uh monday right thought it was like rocking okay okay it's funny because it didn't look like that on tv to me it, on tv it looked sterile on monday night you could hear it a little bit you but, could yeah. but it just the look of it, it i don't know what it is it seems so, sterile to I, me i i think the problem is the media level is so high up; it's above everything. Oh my god, media, we're like in, it we're is in the roof. The, That's how Indy is, though, to too, God right? Than you are yes. in the football field. Indy's that way too. Like all yeah. the new stadiums are that way; they put you at the, on the and, roof. Yeah. And I think you can't sell you. Right? The other problem, like even TV, I know they're like five stories below us. <laughs> oh, but okay. they are still. It's away from the field, like back. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Okay. Yeah. So from a sound standpoint, I feel like that could be why it felt that way. Okay. I just every time and every time that whether we play there or there's any game that I pay attention to down there, it just seems like a big cavernous place. Yeah. Normally, like normally, if we're in a dome, we rarely need to even put up like the shotgun mics for crowd. Yeah. Right. Right. You're in a dome. It's going to pick it all up, <laughs> and that's not usually the case there. I would think that um, it, it, you you talk to people down there and got buddies who do radio down there and and have been down there for a while and. It does feel like that there is – it's kind of been a slow burn for this team with Stroud, mm-hmm. but they're getting there. Um, and they had, a, they had a lot of juice when Deshaun was there with Hopkins and Watt, and there was a lot of juice around the organization then, but then it's been a t- tough couple of years, and it almost feels like it's taken a little while to fall completely in love with what this team is, but it seems like they're there now. Agre- yeah, absolutely. As they should be. 
Absolutely. No, they, they, I expect it's, I think it's going to be an awesome environment, honestly. I'm pumped for it. Yeah. This is going to be great. It's going to be great. I think we match up stylistically very well with them. Um, and now it's going to be about, you know, as you heard everybody keep saying, it's about executing. And when you execute properly in the, in the playoff games, you win. But it, it's the stakes are high, and one mistake could be the difference between winning and losing. And so everybody's got to be, you know, kind of at their very best to go down there and to get the, the victory and get the desired result. That's the operation, and one of the ways to do that will be a matchup we've spent some time talking about already. It is the matchup of our defense versus the Texans' offense. We will get into that coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on A50 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on A50 ESPN Cleveland. All right, we'll get to the matchup in just a second. You know, you and I have not, uh, we hadn't had a chance to discuss this. What is that? Tiger no longer with Nike. I know. Yes, I was watching a lot of the commercials yesterday because they were putting out some of the great Tiger Nike commercials. How would you? Unbelievable. I mean, he was synonymous with it. He launched their whole golf division. They had a Launched golf, the division. Irons, balls, clubs, all, all of, of it. it. Yeah, because of him. When it, it's hard to explain for the kids out there because they're used to everything on demand whenever they want it. Yep, yep. Um, but you would look forward to that commercial dropping Masters season. Like it would usually drop during March Madness. Oh, yeah. Is when it would drop at the start of the golf season for most of us who, who live, you know, in inclement weather. And yeah. it would drop then. And every one of them was great. They were all spectacular. The, the yeah. one with the wedge and the. Every single one of them where he has the crowd split and he – all of it. Yeah. Every, there was one after another after another that was all great. And I, I had a – I got a buddy of mine who's a great player who still plays the – he still has the victory irons, the Nike – What? Vic, yeah, he still plays him. He says, I hit him better than everything. He's like a, he's like a two, and he still plays him. Loves That's him. amazing. Yeah, loves him. Um, but, yeah, it was wild. And his – yeah, right. Launch the whole division. I assume they're just out of golf, right? Like, yes, would be and the they point? have been the clubs and balls. They I knew that, but the, it seems like they must ago. be out on gear now too. Just done with it. Like it's just going to be polos and hats, but it's not going to be a golf division. Probably. I think they'll still make shoes and gloves, yeah, and towels and bags because I have them. So I think they still have they'll still have golf stuff, but it's going to be much more Jordan focused. Jordan right now. Anyway, yeah, I mean that's yeah. they're all Jordan shoes. They're Jordan. The bag that I just got is a Jordan bag. Yeah, it's Jordan golf more than Nike. More golf. than Nike golf, so they sh- they switch away from it. it. Was Rory still has it? And is Brooks? I don't know. They were both Brooks Nike always guys. was just like a swoosh guy. Yeah, yeah, they're just Kepka, Nike. Yeah, yeah, but and they would they would do it, but there there wasn't much else. But yeah, that is a, that's a that's a that's a big change. Huge. Yeah. Where do you think the, he goes? The Nike Mojo golf ball, total sidebar. Yeah, yeah. Arguably my favorite golf ball to play with. Well, that's that's, that's has unbelievable. a that has a that's an amazing statement. It has a warm. I always got excited when I found one, because Mojo, Mojo. is Mojo is from Permian, uh, Permian High School, uh, Friday Night Lights fame. They call it that they're Panthers, but they call it it's Mojo is what they call it. That's what they chant. Um, so every time I would see one of those, I'd be I'd be jacked up to see a, a Mojo, and you'd see them every once in a while. I haven't seen one in a while. It's been a minute since I've that's seen like, one. That's like the equivalent of somebody who's our age, but like at. You know, 10, 20 years ago, being like, I, that top flight XL, man. That's, that's the one. my favorite that's ball. That's the sweet spot. Fa- Wilson Staff. Does that, who remembers the top flight Magna? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whereas the ball was bigger? Yeah. My favorite thing is when um, like the ball's bigger. When you see somebody with my type of game who's like, yeah, I got to get some Pro V1s. Dude, ain't helping you. 
That's what. Don't no. worry about it. I get Mojo. Go, not your I problem. Don't need to go buy those. You, you don't need, need mo- you need Mojo. Do you any good? Just give me a box They're of Mojos. They're not for you. You need the Mojos. <laughs> They're not for you. Jack tried doing that one time. He tried doing a a ball for a handicap. When and he tried about a million attempts at club. He tried clubs and balls and all sorts of stuff. And one year at the Memorial Media Day, he was handing out. Uh, it was color coded for handicap. And the idea was that this ball would be better for, for you. you right, and, either and that's mo- the idea. more spin, less spin. And I th- was yeah. it, there's another one who did it. Was it Bridgestone who tried that too? Who tried like a different ball for the handicap? I think Bridgestone tried that too. Yeah. But look. Well, they, it's not necessarily for the handicap. It's more what he was doing was correlating your handicap with your swing speed. And so yeah. there are different balls for different swing speeds and different. Yeah. People don't realize that. Level of what. Right. The Pro V1 or Pro V1X. And the titles now they have the AVX, which is another one of that elite level. Like, those are for people who know what they want to do with the golf ball and hit it consistently in a certain way. And yeah. Now you're worried about: Do I want it to be a lower launch angle, a higher launch angle? Do I want more spin around the green, or do I want it to be just a low spin ball so that it is going to go longer? Yeah. So yeah, just when you're not that great, get just go out there and get rocks and pound them. Pound them, baby. Yeah. That's what you got to do. It. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's pound this matchup. It's presented by BallyBet, sports branding partner your Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio. We're talking about the Browns' defense versus the Texans' offense. And for some details on that, we head to Dr. Z. All right, this is a team that you are familiar with. They are familiar with you. However, in this particular matchup, things are going to look different than they did the first time. And so why C.J. Stroud? Simple answer. C.J. Stroud this year, 9-6 and six as a starter, 64% completions, 4,108 yards, 23 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, a 100.8 rating. He was sacked three, 38 times in 15 games, so about two and a half a game. 167 yards rushing, three touchdowns. I would have thought he had more than that, to be honest with you. Six 300-yard games this year, four and two in those games where he was over 300, and he was a Pro Bowl alternate and, and probably will be the rookie of the year. I would think, as good as Nakua has been. like Now, I mean, Nakua did. He did. But set a quarterback record. versus receiver, I would, like, agree. I would think that's I think he will be the rookie. Yeah. I think he will be the rookie of the year. So they they will get under center. They're not afraid to, to do that. Now, they let him operate, obviously, in the shotgun quite a bit, but they're actually fifth most under center in the NFL, 38.5%. And so that's where they set up some of those play-action shot plays, similar to what we do. Remember, the offensive coordinator down there, Bobby Slowick, came from Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan, Kubiak, that's where Kevin Stefanski Gary Kubiak. So you're going to see that kind of stuff. They play a fullback 27.3% of the time. That is as much as anybody in the NFL. So you're going to see those types of things. C.J. Stroud is is excellent, though. The guy is a very, very, very good quarterback. When he throws the ball, he's throwing it right now basically to two people. Nico Collins, who had a career-high 80 catches, 1,297 yards, average 16.2 yards per catch, eight touchdowns, five 100-yard games. By the way, his touchdowns, all of them, with the exception of one, came at home this year. So he likes that home cooking. Then they throw it to the tight end, Dalton Schultz, 59 catches, 635 yards, five touchdowns, all second on the team. 
They have Noah Brown, but he's been out with a back injury. I don't know that he's going to be available, has not practiced. He's averaging 17.2 yards a catch, career-high 567 yards, two touchdowns. The aged Robert Woods, 40 catches, 426 yards, and a touchdown this season. John Mechie, their second-round pick a year ago, 16 catches, 158 yards, no touchdowns. And then they have their sixth-round rookie this year, Xavier Hutchin, eight catch, Hutchinson, eight catches for 90 yards. They'll use multiple tight ends quite a bit as well. They're not afraid to do that. At various times, so Schultz will be out there with Brevin Jordan. But really, they get their fullback, Andrew Beck, in there. He's a Pro Bowl alternate. He caught a touchdown against us last time, two touchdowns on the season. They can run the football. Devin Singletary, career high, 898 yards, four touchdowns, 30 catches for 193. He had three 100-yard games this year. Houston was undefeated in those three games. They basically eliminated Damian Pierce from their run game, but he had the kick return touchdown against us last time. And then their line. They've got four, three guys that they thought were going to be starters that are on IR. So their right tackle and center guard are all on IR. So they've got Laramie Tunsil, the pro bowler, who's done a very good job against Miles Garrett historically. They've got Juice Scruggs, their second-round pick out of Penn State. He's given up four sacks in seven games and just six starts. Their center is Michael Dieter, right guard Shaq Mason, and their right tackle will either be Charlie Heck or George Fant. So you've got two kind of veterans there, both of whom who have struggled. Heck's a big 6'8", 311-pounder. Whoever's at right tackle, though, that's where Zadarius Smith feasted last time. Two sacks, yep. quarterback hit, four quarterback hits. His pressure led to Deron Harmon's interception when he hit the quarterback. Had another penalty sack wiped away on penalty. It was his best game of the year. So that's what you're hoping for from Zadarius. But I like our ability to generate pressure. And on the back end, you know, we can cover. We got MJ. We got Denzel. We got Greg Newsom. Uh, I think Thornhill will be available, too. So you have Thornhill, Hickman, Harmon, and Bell at safety. Uh, I like where we're at. JOK, Taki Taki, Tony Fields when we go big. Uh, we'll be that third linebacker. You got Oboe back. You got Alex Wright, who has a sack in four straight games. You know, this team is starting to, it's starting to play. So I like our matchup defensively. Again, the only thing that we need to do better is the red zone and the goal line. We were the worst red zone defense in the NFL. We were the worst goal-to-go defense in the NFL. Number one on third down, number one on fourth down, number one in passing yards, number one in total yards. We had the third most interceptions in the NFL. Number one, we allowed just 14.9 first downs per game. But that is such an anomaly in scoring so situations. Yeah. Teams have had 24 first and goal situations against us. They've scored touchdowns 22 times. 92%. They've had 40 trips, 42 trips to the red zone. Fortunately, not many. We've given up 30 touchdowns, 71%. Again, worse than the NFL. But for comparison's sake, the Texans are 12th in the red zone, 52%. 19th goal to go, 73%. So, I mean, we are significantly worse. And that's, that's really the only thing to clean up for this defense. But can you limit the big plays? Can you keep C.J. Stroud from putting the ball over your head to Nico Collins? And honestly, if you take out Nico Collins... I don't see what else they're going to do. There's not a whole lot there outside of that. There's nothing really to fear. No. And I would you know. say if you look at for C.J. Stroud, when he's played what you would call the good pass defenses in the National Football League. Yeah, I've and, the game, uh, game log up right here. I mean, most recently the Jets on in early December. It was right, so a real struggle. They had 54 yards passing in that when he got knocked out of that game. The Carolina Panthers were considered to be a very good pass defense this season. Had 119 yards in that one to net passing after the Saints. Yeah. The Saints game, they had 177 net passing. So when he's played the Ravens, 196. When he's played, now that was early in the year. When he's played good pass defenses, it has not been as prolific as you might think. And I think for the Browns, that formula, they're going to watch a lot of what the Jets did in that game, and the Browns can play a lot of that similar style defense on the back yep. end. That's where I think that you're hoping you can have your, you know, your best games 
in those ones because yeah, he's ten of ten of twenty three in that game against the Jets. That's by far his worst game. He had a three interception game against oh, Arizona, yeah. but it was also seventy three percent completion percentage in the game against Arizona. That's his only multiple turnover game. Carolina one forty no touchdowns. Atlanta, I'm sorry, uh, New Orleans forty eight percent completions yeah. one ninety nine. Now two touchdowns, one pick. Yeah, that was really the only time that he really has struggled is that game against the Jets. The Jets is the worst by far. Um, he's had some other ones that were uneven, but he at least was able to get something. It's the Jets. He got nothing going. Yeah. 10 of 23. Yeah, whipped. I mean, that's a strange one. I don't remember that game. That was in the Jets, and that was when you thought they were like they had a chance to really lock things up, and yeah. then it got a little bit dicey coming out of that. So, no, good pass defenses have been successful against him, and that's the onus I think is going to be on the Browns to to do that. You know, you look at that Carolina game, five point eight yards per attempt. New Orleans seven point one, um, and then the game against the Jets, which really stood out, was three point nine yards per attempt. That's what that's what you got to do. This is how strange this league is. So the Jets, who were pretty hapless most of the year, they win thirty to six against Houston. Um, you'd say, well, Brees almost went nuts, forty yards. Yep. 10 carries, 40 That was yards. Zach Wilson's Zach Wilson best went, game of his career. Yeah, that was his career game. He went 27-36 for 301 and two touchdowns. He's the AFC Offensive Player of the Week. Now, that's where they have struggled when we do the other yeah. matchup. They have struggled to stop the pass this year. They have not been a great pass defense, and if you're the Browns, that's what you were you able to do with them, 368. You got to take advantage of it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's um, for all of the... For all of the talk of this is kind of a the, the one matchup, that there's a lot to like about it because the things that they do well, we have answers to Correct. defensively. Um, the Jacksonville thing would have been a different one from the standpoint of there's just so many more things that scare you. There's so many more weapons that if it all were to click, that could have been problematic. Here, um, and I d- d- certainly not mean to diminish it, you respect everybody you play, but with, with only Collins healthy in terms of a weapon, there's just not a lot there. Correct. And you feel like you're going to be able to get home. Right. Uh, regardless if it's him, it was it was Keenum in the game the last time around. But um, you feel like you're going to be able to get home. Yeah. He will. He's definitely will because he wants to hit those those deep shots, and he's he's got a lot of courage in the pocket. One thing that he wasn't during his time at Ohio State until the Georgia game was someone who would look to create space and time with his feet. Uh, but he did that in the Georgia game in the national semifinals. His best game as a Buckeye for sure. Um, and and he may have to do a little bit of that in in the game on on Saturday. The the other thing you know about us, if you think about. What this one means, and we're going to get into the all-pro stuff and, and all of that that's coming. We had Jim Schwartz talking off the top of the show. Um, this is something that for a defense that's been building for this all season long, it's it's an opportunity to put one more kind of thing in the resume on the season. Like Absolutely. have a dominant defensive performance in the playoffs. to be, And you're not going to be considered one of the great defenses of all time because of those red zone numbers that you mentioned, those are just strange anomaly that that's the way that it played out. Um, but to be one of the great defenses in Brown's history and all of that, you need to stack that now in the postseason. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And one thing that its defense has done well is in our four-game winning streak, they had 11 takeaways. Now, the crazy thing is, I'll say this, and people will be like, wait, what? In our four-game winning streak, we had 11 giveaways as well. Not to mention we gave up a kick return touchdown and allowed an onside kick to be recovered. That's not sustainable. There's we've, no good reason for us to be 11 and, 11 and 6. We've brother, turned the ball over. Stats. We've turned the ball over two or more times in five straight games, three or more in three of those, and three or more in count take the last game out with our starters. We've turned it over three or more times in four of the last six. Like the last, we've only had one game all year where we didn't turn over. That was Arizona. That was back November the 5th, week nine, in that 27 to nothing win. We we have got to clean that up going forward. I mean, we're 
I know we've won. It's not sustainable to turn the ball over multiple times and hand a team. You know, we gave the Bears 14 points. We gave the Texans 7 points. We gave the Jets 7 points. That's, Do you know offhand how many times we've won the turnover battle this year? Bo, as a matter of fact, I do. I figured you would. All right. Week one, lost it. Week two, lost it. Week three, lost it. Week four, lost it. Week five, lost it. Week six, we won it against the Colts. We had four takeaways to two. We lost it in week seven. We won it in week eight. So we've won twice now. Yeah, two and six. Um, Then a tie, loss, loss, loss. Okay, we won against the Jags. They had four. We had three. Tie against the Bears, 3-3. Tie against Texans, 2-2. Lost it to the Jets. Lost to the Bengals. So, if my math is correct, I have it three wins, three ties, and 11 losses in the turnover battle. And that would be, get you to 17. 11 times we lost the turnover battle. Three ties, three wins. And you're 11-6. and six. And the five seed in the AFC yeah. postseason. Let alone the catastrophic injury and everything else. Yeah. We didn't even play clean. No, and that's not close. Gonna, it's going to help the stats for Stefanski. But, I mean, when we won the turnover battle, we Three win. times. Yeah, we beat the Colts. No kidding. I bet we do. We smoked the Cardinals, and we beat the Jags. Yeah. How many times out of those ele- – so you have six losses. How many times – like, did you lose – are all of the six losses, did you also lose the turnover battle? All right, we lost so the, the Steelers, and we lost the turnover battle by two. Yeah. We lost the Ravens. We lost the turnover battle by two. We lost to Seattle. We lost the turnover battle by one. Yep. We lost to Denver. We lost the turnover battle by two. We lost to the Rams. We lost the turnover battle by one. And then we lost this Bengals game. Which doesn't, yeah. And we lost turnover battle by one. So all six, you lost it. How many of those games, this would be something for the MIT kids in the other rooms around here to sort out, but how many of those games did, not only did you lose a turnover battle, but it directly led to points for them that contributed to the win? My point is, my God, you're eleven and six. Steelers, they had two. Hold on, hold yeah, on. Steelers, they had two it. touchdowns. Yeah, Ravens, the first time they had, tu- they brought one back to the ten and scored on the next play. So that's two of them. Seattle, but Pittsburgh definitely would have been a one, a win. Seattle, I don't think we gave Pittsburgh definitely would have been. A, Seattle would have been a win because we threw a pick in the red zone that took three points off the board. Yeah, at a minimum. Through the pick at the end of the game. I don't remember what our third turnover was in that one. It's hard to keep track of. Sure, yeah, there's a lot. Um, the loss to Denver. The turnovers, I think, came late Le- with P.J. Yeah, Walker. Right. And then the loss to the Rams, that was an interception we were trying to get back into the game. Yeah. So at least one yeah. was a direct, if you don't turn it over. Oh, oh Pittsburgh, 100%. I was not. I was not at Camp Lejeune either. Thank goodness. Thank God. Yeah, you hear a lot of bad stuff about that. <laughs> I don't like, want to be there. Yeah. I've been here about that for years. Yeah. yeah you don't want to be around there. That's not a good place to be. Uh, we mentioned award. Good job out of you. Well, there's an award season coming up, and we have some all-pro stuff to discuss. We'll get into that coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, sports betting partner Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Congratulations to our 2023 Browns Fan of the Year, Kathy Herb. Kathy, retired elementary school PE teacher, surprised her with a tour of our practice facility. She met Joe Batonio, Joe Thomas, Z, Yellowstone. 
Excited to send Kathy to the Super Bowl. She represents the Browns for a chance to be named the NFL's ultimate fan of the year. Head to clevelandbrowns.com slash fan of the year 2024 to learn more. I wonder what you get there if you win the fan of the year for the entire league. Something pretty great, I'd imagine. Yeah, feels like potentially. We do have a practice uh, report. Here we go. Not practicing today, Amari Cooper, but that's just precautionary. Uh, Dustin Hopkins and Cedric Tillman still in concussion protocol. But Juan Thornhill, uh, Newsom, all go. Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt, all those guys are back. It, you know, the Tillman one is an interesting one because he is the only receiver with that body on our roster, and he is used not only in the run game, he's used some in the pass protection game as well. Remember the big hit he had on Kyle Van Noy yeah. on that block? He had a nice block on one of the chunk plays that we had against the Jets. Um, he was the one who gave a kind of a, a nice little block there. So he is a very important, and even though it hasn't shown up necessarily in the receiving stats, he's been very important to what we do. And we don't really have anybody who kind of fits that physical bill with the trade of Donovan Peoples-Jones if he is unable to go. So you're, I'm guessing you'd get David Bell. You'd probably get some Marquise Goodwin more in passing situations to yeah. run, but... You know, at least he got Dave Bell coming off of the best game of his career. You know, four catches, 68 yards, two touchdowns versus Cincy last week. But Cedric Tillman, that's the one I'm worried about. Good news on Thornhill there. Amari, not worried about it at all. I mean, I, I literally talked to him today. He's Yeah, I think he said that he's, yeah, yeah he's, yes, I'm good. I'm good. good. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Um, the NFLPA announced its second annual Players All-Pro team voted on by the players themselves. Now, I'm always interested in this, and I've, I've talked to a couple of, of and I'm, I'm sure you guys have as well, uh, former NFL players about how they, I'm like, well, when did you vote on this? And Good question. The, <laughs> and they would be like, I don't know, somebody came in and they said, fill Here's this out, and here, fill this out, here's a ballot, sort it out. Like, it's not top of mind. It, to do it in the middle of the season is silly, because you're you're in your process. You're in your routine. You're not paying attention to what's going on around the league. You haven't had a chance to absorb it. Not like, in any way, shape, or form. No, it's just stupid to, to try to get something reasonable here. So yeah. with that being said, they, they want – and I do think this is a good idea to do an NFLPA all-pro team, but it are, just needed to be after the season so you have a better – you're in a better headspace to be able to do it. There's no reason sure. to rush it now. Sure. Go ahead. You're going to point. Well, I mean, and it's also they just – they just voted for the Pro Bowl too. So, like – well, and they vote for the NFL 100 around this time too. So they do yeah, all. They of this were doing stuff. that two weeks ago. Okay, so they they do all of this in the last couple of weeks. They're voting for all of this stuff, and you're like, "Good God, another one!" Okay, yeah. so here's the issue. I think, I think when the season ends, it's a scatter drill. Like those guys are gone, and they're not replying to anything. Well, we've they're not out. doing anything. Like I'll see you in April at the earliest. Like they go yeah, off that's the grid. A good point. There's no, I don't know when the good time to do it would be. It's too bad you can't just like send it. It doesn't need to be done by them, by players. They want to do it, yeah, but it's like it's. But, it's, I, but do they? Well, I think what they wanted to they want to do it because it ties into contracts, and they want to say, hey, who knows players more than us? We play the game, we know. But then you see a list like this, and you're like, actually, a lot of this you're just voting for brands. I mean, they got the all first team all pro tight end is Travis Kelsey. We love Travis Kelsey. He's a great Clevelander. One of the most popular players in the league, but he's—I don't think he's the first team all-pro all, all tight end this year. He's not what he was. No. Now I don't know emphatically who it would be. Like, is that is that Laporta? Who is who is the first team all-pro tight? It was the best tight end in football this year. That's the, and and Kelsey is obviously just a is a receiving primarily tight end sure. threat, and one and one he's one of the five best tight ends in the history of the game. I think I think let's see, Kittle is considered maybe the most complete tight end. 
I don't know. I, I, but I don't, from the year he had. That's what I'm trying to Kelsey was get our internet. Kelsey course. definitely took yeah, a step a back. No doubt. I mean, completely. But is he still the bet? Was he still the best? He still of the probably block? had a thousand yards this year, didn't he? If I again, I can't load a yeah. web simple website. So, One thousand and twenty. Uno says. All right. How, what did Kittle have? That was Kittle. Oh, then Kittle's oh, been Kittle. Because Kittle's a blocker. And... Kelsey was 984. Yeah. Oh, okay, there. Kittle. Yeah. Kittle's a one. Evan Ingram had 114 catches. Yep. I'm the go-between. Yeah, he sent yeah. out. We're playing Jags franchise record. Yeah. So, and it, again, Travis is great, but that's the one that jumped out to me because I, it, he just wasn't what he had been, and there were you know end zone drops and all sorts of things that happened with him. So their quarterback is Lamar Jackson. Okay. Is the All Pro uh, quarterback? Can I? Can I? Let me. Can I? I'm, I have not looked at this. Right, so give me a position. Give me a position, and then I'll, we'll do I'll give. First. I'll give my All Pro team. Now you do have the knowledge of me saying that this is that I. That in my view, this views this is very like let's play the hits. Okay. So you do know that. All okay. Right. Quarterback, Lamar. We gave you Lamar that. Jackson. Yep. Running back. They only had one. Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Uh, fullback. Why do a fullback? Kyle Juszczyk. Like, how many teams play with a fullback? It's Juszczyk. But, like, how many teams <laughs> That's do it? the only fullback yeah. in the league. It's like, and then the Texans. Andrew Beck. Uh, the guy from the Ravens. Two or three fullbacks Patrick in the whole Ricard. league. Yeah. Yeah, Juszczyk. Yeah, okay. Who was, was that the last name of uh, Will Farrell's character? And was his last name Frank Ricard? In old school? I think it is. Frank Ricard. I think that's what it is. Is it really? I think it might be because I think he. I feel like a naked the... gun. There's somebody named Ricard. Well, that I think too, but I think in, uh, and in Star Trek, I, think I remember Jean Luc Picard. Picard, yeah. Uh, get Uno on that if if Will right. Ferrell's character in Old School's Picard, Frank okay. Picard, uh, Ricard. Uh, Why says it is? It is. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Love it. I remember him saying that. Frank Ricard, uh, wide receiver. There are two. Tyreek Hill mm-hmm. mm, could be Puka. Could be Amon Ross St. Brown, who I think is very good. I'm going to say A.J. Brown. C.D. Lamb. Uh, that's a good one. And it's the right one, yep. I think. Uh, tight end, Kelsey, we went over. Left tackle. Tunsil. Trent Williams. Okay. Left guard. Joel Batonio. There was a tie. Joel Batonio and Tyler Smith Okay, were there. Jason, I'm sorry, center. Kelsey. Yeah, you knew that. Right guard. Zach Martin. Yep, right tackle. Dewan Jones. Lane Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> Dewan Jones was first team all rookie on that team that uh, yeah. I went over earlier. Okay. Um, edge rusher. There are two. Do they do this right? This is properly categorized? Yeah. Okay. Miles Garrett. Yep. TJ Watt. Miles Garrett and Max Crosby. Wow. Players love Mad Max. They do. Nose tackle. So they went with an odd five. Five, Five defensive, defensive linemen, okay. yeah. A true nose tackle? I guess. Uh, it says interior D-line. Well, no, no, there's nose tackle first, and, and then, then interior, interior D-line. Let's see, I'm looking at pictures. Tackle, I don't know. Yeah. Dexter Lawrence? I'm going to have that. From, uh, the, from the Giants? Uh, yeah. Okay. Interior D-line, two of them. Aaron Donald? Yep. Brand name. Um, Is Was Donald good this year? I, I assume so. he was still yes. very, very yeah, good. Yeah, when we I, played them, he was still good. Yeah. yeah. Aaron Donald, and then Justin Matabike. Chris Jones. Chris Jones, that's fair. Off-ball linebacker. Did Justin Matabike get anything? No. Off-ball linebacker, there are two. Roquan Smith. Yep. Fred Warner. Got them both, yeah. Okay. They got Roquan Smith for a bucket of balls. 
Yeah, Baltimore did. did. Uh, cornerback, there are two. Sauce Gardner? Nope. Jalen Johnson? No. He deserves it. Oh, the guy, Deron Bland? Deron Bland. Okay, hold on. Deron yep. Bland and uh, Sertan? Yep. And he was not good yeah, this Sertan. year. Sertan, right. He's made every – he's won everything. And yeah. He was not good this year. Not good yeah. this year. People don't – but the, it yeah. always takes like a year for people to realize to it because you just don't it. pay yeah. attention. Yeah. Free safety. Can I give you a hint? Yeah. New team this year. You uh, know him very well. Jesse Bates. Yep. Strong safety. Guy that we lamented their picking of him. Kyle Hamilton. Yep. Uh, kick returner. Who knows? Kayshawn Nixon. Okay. Green Bay. Punt returner, Darius Davis with the Chargers. Core teamer, Jalen Reeves-Maben of Detroit. Okay. And Brendan Schooler of New England. Okay. Uh, so I guess Brendan Schooler can say I'm a, I'm a first-team All-Pro and T.J. Watt can't, yep, according sad. to the NFL players. Kicker is uh, whom? Who's your kicker? It should be Dustin Hopkins, but I think it's going to be Jason Myers. It's Brandon Aubrey, Dallas. This guy over here told me Jason Myers was the kicker. How did Jason Myers get? Brent Arby didn't miss a kick until the last week. That makes sense. Jason Myers. Where did he? How do you get that wrong? I don't know what he's doing. I don't know. Was that no, a no, setup no, no, you no, thought no. in this I moment I was going to say Jason Myers? Hold on. I'm looking. I'm like, was this some dastardly plan? That was the big payoff you got out of it? No. I don't know. I, I did not mean to. Ma- At no point was I trying to make you look bad. That, well, that wait a minute. Look back. It was a guess as far as they it was all a guess knew. as far as they all knew. Yeah, yeah, but it was Brandon Aubrey. That Potter. makes sense. Yeah, sure. So it should be someone the, tweeted that Aubrey, so D Hop, and Greg Zerline are the three people that have that a right should have to been be it. This. Yeah, yeah. This is from Pelissero under the tweet headline: The NFLPA announced its second annual Players All Pro Team, voted on by the players themselves, and that's okay. what I'm reading off of. Punter, punter. Yep. I don't know. AJ Cole. They even lame it, name does it. He, hold on, does he who, does he play for the Raiders? He does. Good job, yep. Eddie. Okay. Very good job, Eddie. The Raiders guy was the best punter this year. I just didn't know what his, his name, name was. Yeah. yeah, and then they actually picked a long snapper as well. Charlie Hewlett. Charlie Hewlett. Got it. Really? No. no. <laughs> Ross Matisic. He's on somebody that we was with the Jaguars. Yeah, we played them. I was like, we. He, he was you know the my, name? I know. Yeah, he was on my yeah. boards. So there you go. Uh, and then the the AP you said was coming on Friday. Friday. Yeah, Friday at yeah. noon. Here's the here's the thing. I always go through this with the college football stuff too. Is people say that they want that, you know the players will say, well, we want to have a vote on the All Pro because we play and we know. But the reality is, when they're tasked with doing so, it's cumbersome, it's labor intensive, and you don't want to do the work. So most of them want to just. I'm just going to write down guys I know or the, who well, I think f- is good and who your friends are and all of you're this. You're focusing on your game. You're focusing you don't have time on your game. To- you're not doing it. Same thing is true. I, I say this all the time with like the college football when they used to have a coaches poll that mattered. And um, and I would say, like, I remember talking to Bowden about this years ago and even Trestle. Like, when they would hand in their coaches poll, I'm like, what, what games do you watch this weekend, coach? Ours. Right. And who we're playing next, and that's it. Like, that's what they did that weekend. Yeah, they didn't watch it. college right. football. Right. Right? So the same thing is true here. Like, when the AP poll comes out, that will be people that cover the league. Yep. Now, will there be some bias in that? Of course. Probably, because you don't like a guy or somebody sure, sure. treated you bad in an interview and – and that sucks that that's part of it, but we can't yet have AI reporters across everything where there's no emotional uh, connection one way or another. But in terms of having the league covered, that's the best way because you're watching a lot of it. You're watching your team. You're watching the other teams. You're watching the rest of the league. You would be somebody who would be very good to have vote on an all-pro team. 
I'd because you should. You that's something that you should be doing because you're you. Not only do you know our team front and back, you know all of our opponents front and back. You know our division front and back. You know what's happening around the league. Yeah, the PFF guys should be voting on this. Well, again, yeah, my dad's giving me all the. I got the rundown on the Niners. You know the Niners. Hell, <laughs> give Pedro a vote. He was. All, he texted me today and he was so mad. He's like, Cle- we lost Cleveland Farrell. He's our starting defensive end. I'm like, isn't Chase Young and and Nick Bosa aren't those your starting defensive ends? Like, Chase Young doesn't play the run. <laughs> Chase Young doesn't play the run. That's what he said. That's what he said. It's amazing. It's amazing. Would he take it? How serious? If I got if like somehow we got him an all pro vote, how seriously would he take it? My dad? Yeah. Very. I think so too. I think it would Very. completely locked in. Like he I think he would it. actually even He'd like charts. I, I think, think he would do it. he would do work for it. I agree with you. I yeah. think he would. I think he would work very, very diligently to make yeah, sure that somebody would be pumped. He'd be jacked up about it. Yeah. yeah, I'll work on that for you, Pedro. Not get um, me. I'd rather get me the vote. Maybe I get him a Heisman vote. Would he ever watch college football? No, no. Even for a Heisman vote? No, know. probably not. Probably not. That was never a thing in our house. It really wasn't for mine either. That was something that came later in life for me. Yeah. It was well, was like in college because I worked in it. But like, yeah, yeah. no. Growing out west, growing up, like, like if college you was. If your periphery. first job or your like introductory jobs to this business were not in Tallahassee and then as you progressed into Columbus and they were in Chicago or Oh, L- yeah, for or sure. It would have been NFL. All pro. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't even add the experience of the college. Right. The only reason I had it is because I lived it. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And out there, like, it just wasn't – yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was always the pro. Yeah. Finished second this year with the brothers' alma, alma mater. Love it. It's really um, stupid, by the way, for them. They did – ESPN ran the 1AA National Championship game at 2 o'clock on Sunday. What? Up against the last week of the NFL. Who did they play? It was it was Montana against South Dakota State. But, like, when you South want, Dakota State. Yeah, South Dakota State won. They won the back-to-back. Jackrabbits. They, um, Pierre Strong. Yeah. So, I just thought, like, why would you not run that on a Friday or a Saturday? Like, why would you run it against the NFL? It's football. Like people watch football. We know yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's like, that's put insane. it. Put it. Don't. Why would you run it against the NFL? How many of those titles have been won by either South Dakota State or North Dakota South State? South Dakota State has won the last two. North Dakota State won like six in a row. It's crazy. And then there was two, and then they won five. I mean, why won South like Dakota eight. State, North Dakota State? I don't get it. They must have just thrown the money into it. I don't know. Uh, I've got breaking news. No, you don't. Is what it do good? Uh, it does not involve us. Okay. From Adam Schefter, one minute ago. And it's verified. It's him. Okay. A shocker in Seattle. Pete Carroll is expected to be out as Seahawks head coach. He still could remain in the organization, but not as the head coach. What are they trying to line up for? Because if you listen to Amy uh, Adams Strunk, who spoke yesterday after the – that is a shocker. Although Pete's 70 – He's old. He's 73, yeah. 74. Um, but I wonder what everybody's – is there somebody out there? I was, I was the Amy Adams Strunk comments on Vrabel. Um, she, at one, she was saying like people don't understand how hard it is to trade a coach. They have to agree to it. I'm like, I think everybody understands that. It's not like a player; you can't just trade him to anybody. I think everybody gets that. But the last line she said, I thought was interesting. She said, you know, I didn't want to wait three weeks and miss out on who we really wanted. So like, who are they lining up for? It, it, it feels like that's got to be Harbaugh. Guess, who by the way or Belichick bare chested under barbed wire to, to Nashville, them. Vegas, or LA three years ago, and nobody would have let him. Is somebody convinced that 
Ben Johnson, but you can't even interview Ben Johnson with the new rules until as long as he's going, right? Yeah. For till like January 22nd or something like that. Right. Um yeah, I don't know about that. That's some big names. Pete Carroll's a big name. Frable's a big name. I don't know what's going to happen with Belichick. It feels like he's going to be out, right? But Seems like every it. day that goes by that he isn't out, maybe he's not out. Yeah. Yeah, Pete Carroll's older than you think. 72. Yeah. I knew he was he was well. He was getting into there. He doesn't move well for like he's you, running up and down uh, to me, he's, chewing gum. It's like To me, he's permanently like 58. He's an old 58, brother. Well, I haven't seen him in person, Dude, but just... We're the, close to 58, you and I. Not that. Let's not get into all that right now. We're closer to 58 Don't get into it is. right now. I understand that, but we don't have to talk about it out loud. Let's talk about it out loud. What are you doing? What's wrong? What? He wants us all to have our mortality even closer. No, I feel young. I've never been younger. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Uda, loved it. Like that. Love that. I like that a lot. Yeah, these, these well, two, attempt, that is big. That's these two are like 22. It's it's by the way. Or, hold on a second. Yeah, go ahead. Uno, we need you on camera. Oh God, I'm getting out of the way. We got Uno. Look at him. Oh my God, he's slicked up. Look at him. He's all. Slicked How did up. I just notice that? Just this net. I was like, well, I saw him what? walking by, but it, there's a little glare, yeah. so I couldn't tell. He, the, the the beard is gone. He's he all looks so up. youthful. Moe Schrute, no more. Mo, no more Moe Schrute. Yeah, yeah I great. can't handle it when it's. All the way out there like that. I think it looked great. I, I think now like you look good now. Yeah, I you like look this, great. This is a good yeah. look on this you. This is people have been telling me recently that this is the best look that I have. So I've been trying to stick to it. What yeah. a compliment because that's just you exposed to the world. Yeah, it's just you, you in the nude. Yeah. I love it. You look great. <laughs> Thank you. You look great. We'll guess the uh, spread oh, for Super God. Wild Card Weekend coming up next. <laughs> you listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, sports betting partner of Cleveland Browns. Now live in Ohio on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Team Engineer Lawyers dedicated to every client every day. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk's proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. That is stunning news. First time in 14 years, if you're just joining us. Uh, Pete Carroll is is out in Seattle as the head coach of the Seahawks. Mike Vrabel out in Tennessee. Both of those, I would say, are shocking. Um, the one thing I will Indeed. say, maybe if you're out there, in this, Seattle is so remote that I think it doesn't get like the normal coverage. I do think they feel like this year was a disappointment. Yeah. But last year, we're, last year was such a above that. Yeah, I'll um, give them credit. They lost they, to Pittsburgh, and that was it, though, because they lost them two weeks ago, and that was kind of the one that, that sealed it. the deal. And for changed for everything. both, both, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I wonder their credit though. They competed to the end of that game. They found out in the middle of that game they were not going to the playoffs, and they rallied and beat the Cardinals. Yeah, they moved on from not Russell too Wilson much from just the fine. Scores. That's right. Um, yeah, they did. I but mean, it, that's. But, I mean, like. He he. That was a surprise hire when he left USC, 
And then he went there and built a dominant D and built a, one of the better, more respectable operations in football. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been a, it was a hell of a hell run. Of a run. Yeah. He had two NFL jobs before he went to SC. It was shocking when he got the SC job because yeah. he was a coach of the Jets and the Patriots. Yep. Failed miserably at both. Yep. Was incredible at SC. And then, I mean, his the his back half career is unbelievable. Yeah. Minor Reggie Seattle. Bush, right? Yeah. Yeah. Won two national titles. Two Heismans. It's a heck of a run. Did they get those, though? Didn't they, like, weren't they, uh, what are we doing? Forfeited. Weren't they in dispute? It's ridiculous. It's the stupidest <laughs> thing the ever. We all watched it. Watched it. Yeah, yeah. They never. It's so funny. The NCAA's unwillingness to just do the do. What got them into so much trouble and what gets them to where they are now is they've chased money. When I and when I say NCAA, I mean university presidents because that's really what makes it up. The universities have chased money relentlessly for twenty five years, and yet this the straightest path for punitive damage for anybody in wrongdoing. They will stay away from the money always. They always want to take things from you banners and trophies and let's punish a team even though the kids or the players or the coaches who did it aren't even there let's punish them why don't you just find them find them why don't you just find sure. them that would do it it'd be great bozos if they don't want it send me the fines yeah all right you ready little uh little uh yeah, super wild card yeah we got guess six games yeah six games let's do it all right gotta go four, four and two it's tough that's a tough it's a tough win four and two i think you're gonna be all over this i think you're gonna, i think there's that. a ch- i think there's a chance for a six and oh to be quite okay. honest um, all right, let's start with our game. That was a hint, by the way. Go ahead. Start with our game. 4.30, NBC, NRG Stadium in Houston, Browns at Texans. Browns minus two and a half. Got it. Exactly. I do think it gets to three because it started at one and a half on Sunday. I bet it gets to three. By I like eight. that. Yeah. I bet it gets to three. Keep moving in that direction. Yep. Uh, eight o'clock. Here's your warning. Peacock only. I think from a box office standpoint, it is the second biggest game of the weekend. It's going to be on a on a streaming service only. Um, it is the Dolphins and Chiefs at. I had no idea this is G E H A Field. Oh yeah, it's not oh, just yeah. Arrowhead. No. Oh no, Giha Giha. Yeah. What's been that way for a while? What's Giha? It's like a um, credit union. Yeah, I'm going to tell you something, and there's no disrespect to them. I've never heard anybody call it that, it's including now, people who call that. They just call it Arrowhead. It's Arrowhead. Is it Arrowhead Field? It's Arrowhead it's Stadium. G- it's Jiha G- Field, Field at Arrowhead okay. Stadium. Yeah, that's what nobody's call. calling it. Welcome to Jiha Field. Well, it's Ar- we're at Arrowhead. Yeah, right. No, you have to spell. You have to go G E H A. You can't say it that way. No, you got to say G E H A. Yeah, that's it's a bad job. Yep. yep. Bad job. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. In all the materials. Oh, I know that that's what you're trying to do, but it's not working. Yeah. Chiefs yep. minus three and a half. Got it. By Jeez. the way, this weather is supposed to be stupid in that stadium on supposed, Saturday. It's night. supposed to be the coldest game. Did I see something? Seven like, degrees a kick. Yeah, that's brutal. Like, remember when Tom Coughlin's face like turned into wax and almost like froze off his face? I do against remember. Green Bay. I do remember that. Uh, Kansas City minus four. Uh, oh, good thing I went three and a half. So you were right on it. Well, that By wasn't way, that. That wasn't. That could have been a you dangerous got one. I know. I got it. Nailed it. Four is a. That's a. That's Vegas a tricky zone. one. You don't yeah. see that. Um, By the way, both our game and that game. Which one? Well, the way I'm phrasing this, there's no way not to lead you. Um, the over/under for the two games in terms of total points scored, our game and that game. Our game is going to be higher in a dome because of the elements, but I think we're at like 44. They're both 44 and a half. Okay, so trick question, but they're both 44 and a half. Uh, which, you, if you didn't understand all the circumstances around it, would have been you would said you're nuts. Yes. Um, Although right. with we did last time there go 58. Yeah. Without C.J. Stroud. 
That's true. Yeah. All right, on to Sunday. Um, Steelers at Bills, 1 o'clock CBS. This is your Nance Romo game. Bills minus 10. Nailed it exactly. That's exactly right. That one I felt very confident Very about. confident in that one, yeah. Um, all right, we are now in the 4.30 window. This is your Fox We're 3-0, game. baby. I know. I, I predicted you'd yeah. go 6-0. Green Bay at Dallas. Green Bay at Dallas. Green Bay at <sighs> Dallas. Dallas minus 6.5. Missed it. Dallas minus 7.5. Jinxed him by telling him he was going undefeated. Well, it's also it's no. the Dallas bump, too. It is the bump, it's but I thought 6.5 was... I thought I was getting up there high enough. I, I don't mind that one. Um, I should have just gone seven. Yeah, you nailed it. Um, by the way, the the smallest over-under for the weekend is Steelers-Bills. It's 36 and a half. I think the weather is supposed to be a factor. That, there. I would have thought it might too. be Philly-Tampa. Yeah, the AccuWeather on, on Steelers-Bills is 24 degrees and looks like snow. Um, uh, you did, you did Packers-Cowboys. Yep. All right, so now we're on to... Sunday night football, NBC. As long as um, we take care of our business Saturday night, Sunday's going to be kind of a fun day. It's fun day. Could be yeah. a fun day. Yeah. Tarico's going to do both. He's going to do the game in Kansas City. He's going to sleep zero, and then he's going to go to Detroit. Although he lives in the Detroit area. Correct. He lives yes. in the Ann Arbor yes. up there. So I guess he's going home, so that probably helps. So he's got it's Rams at Lions in the Stafford Returns Bowl. Uh, the Lions are saying, don't wear your Stafford jerseys. Kelly Stafford saying, why? We, we love you. Don't Can't you see that we well, still love you? Not tonight, they're at it. Not now. Not to, not today. Not tonight. It was all fun and games uh, until we had a play. Lions in the minus three and a half. Lions minus three. Okay, so you got, got it. it. You got right. it. Four and one. Winning that, week. That one. And I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit tomorrow. That one has the feels of Lions need to get a good start. I like the Lions I, in that game. I do too. But like, if somehow it's ten zip Rams, I could see a lot of tightening. For Goff? For the Lions. Yeah. Nervy building. Big time sure, nervy sure, building. Sure, sure, sure. Like, sure. Th- that's, that's sure. not great. Uh, Monday night. All right, you're 5-1. and one, Or 4-1. Uh, and one. Monday night. Um, by the way, the over-under on Rams and Lions was 51.5. Packers-Cowboys was 50.5. So we are in uh, Monday night now. It is Eagles at Buccaneers on ESPN, ABC, ESPN+. Plus. Um, the temperature in that one, by the way, 65. Eagles Very at pleasant. Bucks. I know that I said five and a half. Uno jumped in, which I feel like because he's been trained by Gibbe can only mean he was jumping in to tell me that that was wrong. So I'm going to say. Because <laughs> he's been trained by Gibbe. Eagles minus three and a half. Eagles minus three. All right, five one. Dang it. Yep. You, Sorry, I, knew, I, I thought you, you had a chance. Uh, 43 and a half is the over under um, on that one. Let so you there down. you go. Uh, good weekend. A lot of fun games out there. Um, are you and your pup ready for the game this weekend? Stop into Pet Supplies Plus Fairview Park this Thursday. That's tomorrow, 2 to 3, to join the pup rally. Wear your best Browns gear for a chance to win prizes. Get your pup's picture with Chomps. Even have a chance to meet Browns legend Josh Cribbs. For more information, visit the Browns Facebook events page. Pet Supplies Plus is a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. We'll do the matchup on the other side of things coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Be sure to check out the Browns social media channels daily to play the Browns digital scratch-off game for your chance to win club seats and other great prizes presented by the Ohio Lottery, the official lottery of your Cleveland Browns. All outside of the podium, offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt. 
you expect to see something? Not, I'm sure the Texans won't change drastically, but considering the game that Amari had against them a couple of weeks ago, do you think they'll see a lot different look from them? I, you know, I, it's, it's hard to say, but I would expect so with the success that he had during that game that they would have to try something a little bit different. But uh, who knows? That, I mean, that's a, a defense that, that believes in who they are and what they do. So um, we'll, we'll see. But we're ready to adjust, and, and we're ready for anything that, uh, that shows up on, or Saturday. Excuse me. Tough is it to, to be on either side of the ball? If you've done something all year long, are you made your mad then to try to change something just for a playoff game or a specific matchup? Yeah, it's always hard. I mean, you are who you are uh, to your core. You have your, you know, your core beliefs and your system, and you know, you hang your hat on those. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Alex, they had so many key defensive guys for them out last game. So, how much of an impact is that? Like knowing you're going to have to see like. A, Anderson, Grenard, or this time around? Yeah, definitely. I mean, those are great players for him. Um, you know, we didn't see Grenard last time. He left early in that game. Um, but we know what he what he brings. His produ- productivity has been you know, outstanding this year. Uh, you know, and Anderson's an extremely talented pass rusher as well. Um, you know, they, they, their strength is up front in their D-line, we feel. And, you know, that's a, that's a good challenge. So um, we hope they're healthy. We hope we get them at their best. Well, uh, what's going on at the backup quarterback position? Uh, no, not us right now. Jeff is our is our backup moving forward. Um, thought he did a good job last week, put it in a tough spot. You know, come in and just go after a week of, of being around. Uh, you know, it wasn't always perfect, but he did some really good things. And um, Noah Elijah Moore got on the field in Cincinnati a little bit, but how does he look? Is he back to Yeah, he looks good. He looks really good. I thought yesterday, even in a walkthrough, he's twitchy and he's coming out of breaks and. Yeah, we had to slow him down a little bit, so expect excited to see a, a healthy Elijah out there. Elijah went through a lot of the season, not struggling, but just not producing. Did you guys have to talk at any time, or did you just feel confident that when the right time came, that he would still be able? Oh, he'll definitely help us. He he has all year. Um, you know, the, doesn't always get a ton of throws throughout the course of a game, but he's definitely on the on the guys that we try to get the ball to. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, so that's just the way it's going. He's going to make big plays for us, you know, all the way through. He's been a true professional um, all the way through. He works as hard as anybody, um, you know, in the classroom and on the field. So he's deserving for sure. How much has um, Joe Flacco's ability to throw downfield uh, allowed you to adjust your game planning to take care uh, advantage of that? Oh, yeah, well, we'll try to push it at all three levels of the field. There's no question. We're going to make him defend the whole field. And, um, you know, his ability to throw accurately down the field helps us in that regard. There's some guys that are approaching this as going 1-0, and there's some guys that have talked about feeling the weight of this game and it being the playoffs, especially ones that have been there, haven't been there before. For you as a coach, how do you value the different kinds of approaches to this week, and how much do those mix in as they're talking to each other? Yeah, you know, the biggest thing in these games is, you know, don't do anything that you haven't done all year. You know, for these guys, just a little bit more time. Like, it's, it, the, the importance is there, yes. Is it the most important game of the year? Yes, it is. Because for us, it's our next game, and that's our motto going in. So we're just going to heighten our awareness and laser focus and, and, and really focus in on the little things of the, of the game plan, and that will just allow us to go out and play free and fast. Um, you know, the last thing we want is a tight group out there on Saturday. So just being who we are I think is important. Um, it's been good enough to, to get us where we are right now. And I hate for guys to feel like they need to change and do more or less than they have at this point. So that's going to be the message, you know, going through the week is trusting the process, really emphasizing the preparation, uh, so you have freedom to go play loose on Saturday. Alex, you've been Kevin from the start here. How has he evolved 
as a coach in your mind? Uh, I mean, he's he's awesome. I've enjoyed every second with him. Um, his ability to adjust and adapt with the coolness that is just uh, you know it's just a consistency that he brings every day. I mean, he's he's coached a lot of football, uh, different schemes. Um, you know, his ability to again to to change on a on a dime based on who this player his starter is at quarterback. I thought it's been really remarkable. But uh, the message, the culture he's built here over the last four years, you know, I'm really proud to be on his staff. How do you guys reconcile the your giveaways and it has an effect of the success of the season. Is this just a weird, yeah. Thing? Or, I mean, you got a whole analytics crew that is studying this. And what's the explanation? Not looking into it that deep right now, Tony. Just try not to turn the ball over. The more I talk about it, the more I start sweating. So we'll just stop there. Talk about you know, Joe getting your confidence and how he's Joe cool <clears throat> out there. Um, just what's his impact? You know, behind the scenes, because he has, he's been there, he's won. You know, this is nothing new to him. Um, just what's that like been behind the scenes, as far as you know, the, the calming influence, and, and also on the sidelines in games. Yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, that's who he is. You know, that, that's the strength. One of his strengths that he brings to us is his ability to, um, you know talk to guys on the field, off the field, after practice reps, after meetings, his ability to communicate, make sure everybody's on the same page. Um, those are the types of things that, that veteran quarterbacks do behind the scenes. But he's he's been doing that since he got here. Sorry, how about your uncertainty at, at the receiver position a little bit with said and maybe Marquise? And how, how do you feel just about heading in? You know, hopefully we get some guys back, um, regardless of who's out there. Feel confident about who's out there, Mary Kay. I mean, David Bell last week, all he does is catch two touchdown passes, does his job every time. Feel very comfortable if, if he's out there. He'll do a great job for us. Elijah coming back. You know, Amari with the week's rest, feeling better. Um, you know, I'm excited about that group. Uh, you guys got here in 2020. Focus was obviously on sort of just changing the culture and establishing a winning culture and all that. Um, and you make the playoffs that first year, you go two years without it. Just how much more does it feel like that culture change, the message has just kind of gotten through to get you to the point now where you're making it the second time in four years? Yeah, you know, I think that's a big part of who we are in this building. You know, that locker room is a really, really tight, connected locker room. Um, you know, the great teams that I've been fortunate enough to be around or on, um, that's the same feeling I get from this group. You know, they, they love to play for each other. You know, they really love to play for the man to the right and the left of them. Um, that's all that matters, the trust that they have in each other. That culture has been built here now for four years. Um, I really, you can feel it this year. You know, to talk about David Njoku, I think I read one of his articles where he said, as soon as I put the team in front of me, I became a better player. And I see that through a lot of players uh, on this team. And I love the way that these guys fight and scratch and claw for each other every week. All right, time for the matchup presented by Valley Bet, sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio. The Browns offense versus the Texans defense. And for more on that, we go to Dr. Z. All right, Texans, same team basically that we faced, you know, defensively a few weeks ago. Now they will have some people back. It sounds like Blake Cashman, he played last week, so he will be back. He's having a career year. He leads the team with 106 tackles. He is back as the linebacker, but their pass rushers are still banged up. Grenard did not practice. For both days so far this week, Will Anderson Jr., DNP for both days this week. Jerry Hughes, DNP both days this week. And those three have combined for 22 and a half sacks. That's a lot. That's half of the sack production yeah. of the entire team this season. So 
That's a big deal. They play a ton of zone and rely on getting home with four guys. That's what they like to do. They don't really blitz. They blitz just 21% of the time. That's 29th. They play zone 81% of the time, fifth most in the league. They do a quarters or a cover two concept, split safeties at the top, 51.8% of the time, fourth most in the NFL. So they play that shell. It's designed to limit some of the big plays. The Browns have great quarters beaters, and we've seen them use those all year long. They can get to the quarterback, though. They have the fourth-best pressure rate in the league. But without Grenard, Anderson, and Hughes, boy, that certainly would change things for them. Uh, Good linebackers, Cashman, Christian Harris, over 100 tackles, career year in his second year out of Alabama. Good corners, Derek Stingley and Steven Nelson on the outside. Desmond King is the nickel. And then their safeties, Jalen Petrie and DeAndre Houston Carson, and then Kareem Jackson, who was suspended earlier this year for violent hits. He's back. Um, they, as we talked about, good against the run. Number six run defense, 3.5 yards carry, though Indianapolis did gash them a little bit last week. They're the number 11 scoring defense. They are 13th with 46 sacks. They have 23rd, though, against the pass. They are 14th overall in defense. Uh, they have generated 14 picks. That's right in the middle of the league. Turnover margin, they are plus 10 on the year, tied for fifth. Think about that. They're plus 10. The Browns, turnover margin, minus 9, which is just is just wild. I mean, it really is. And we have 28 takeaways. <laughs> like, we have 28 it's takeaways. It's impossible. We have 37 giveaways. Where we are with that yeah. stat. It's wild. Um, third down defense, they are the number five third down defense in the league. They are number 24 on third downs. They are uh, 12th in the red zone, 19th goal to go, and they give up 21st downs a game, which is 19th in the league. So solid defense. They play that shell. It's going to look very similar to what the Jets do, very similar to what you know we did last year. Four rushers, seven in coverage, cover four, cover three, some cover two. Uh, and it's going to be on you know Joe Flacco. He's very good at recognizing those things, taking shots if they do play man, which they don't very often, but if they do, I like our chances there. My guess is that they are going to be similar to what we do in the sense that they're going to say, okay, Amari Cooper went for 265 yards against us. He's not doing that again. We're gonna, they're going to yeah. come out with a game plan to stop him. So this needs to be a big Elijah Moore game. needs to be a big David Njoku game. And if they are putting you know, safeties over the top, that's got, we got to be able to run the football. And that's something we were not able to do in that first meeting. Jerome Ford, 15 carries for 25 yards. Kareem, 7 carries for 11 yards. So those two, 22 carries, 36 yards, no. It's got to be better than that in this one. But good defensive tackles. Malik Collins got five sacks. Sheldon Rankins has six sacks. So they got, like I said, they can get to the quarterback – but if they're without Grenard and Hughes and Anderson, that feels like that's that's big. That is a that's a significant downgrade on their edge position. And we won't know that obviously for a few more. Well, until tomorrow, I think we'll have a pretty good idea of where they stand. And Grenard hasn't played since our game. Since our game, and Anderson and, played. He didn't play against us the first time. He's played the last two weeks. But right. He obviously reaggravated that ankle last week. Yeah. Both ankles, right? Both yep. guys are are ankle issues on that side of things. Yep. And yeah, you're not you're not going to get 265 out of Coop. Like this, that's not going to happen. Like that type of thing. So, um, no, you're right. So wild. Here's the thing. Cooper's 265 yards, the fourth most in NFL history by a player versus a team who he later faced in the playoffs. John Taylor, 1989, went for 286 against the Rams in the regular season. They held him to 45 in the playoffs. Tyreek Hill in 2020 against the Bucks went for 269 in the playoffs, the Super Bowl. They held him to 73. Jamar Chase against the 2021 against the Chiefs, they held him to 260. He was 266 in the regular season. They held him to 54. Now, the good news is all three of those teams won. Yeah. Or the, no, the Buccaneers would have beat would have beat the Chiefs, right? Super Bowl Buccaneers beat the Chiefs. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah they got them. All right, so two out of three. So Taylor won, Jamar Chase won because that was the year they went to the Super Bowl. That was the AFC Championship game, and then Amari Cooper. Let's go. 
We're the other thing we're waiting on, obviously, offensively, is Cedric Tillman. You mentioned how critical he is in yeah. the run game, and his frame is one of one after the trade of Donovan Peoples-Jones. So, um, if 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 that doesn't trend right, how do you combat that if you're Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt? You know, I, I, maybe you do some things where you put a tight end in some of those spots. Would be my guess. Yeah. Um, but that would be, in some ways, a fairly significant loss just because of, you know, that's more of a tell, right, of what you're going to do. Now, Aikens hasn't really been featured that much. I think this could be a good game for him. I like him. I like his ability to make plays, you know, and coming back to Houston where he had basically 500 yards and five touchdowns a year ago. That I, I wonder if that's going to be it or if they're going to put David Bell in there. You know, and David Bell's Bell, coming off a good game. Coming off the best game of his career. And so you hope maybe he's got some confidence and the ability to, you know, build on that in obviously a big situation. He had a big catch against Jacksonville in yeah. a big game. And, and so you're hoping that maybe he can he can make some more of those plays. But you know, Flacco, he's three hundred yards plus in the last five. Coop has led all receivers in yardage in, in the last four games that he played with Flacco. Chiefs averaging over ninety yards and a touchdown a game the last four. You know, so we've got some weapons there. And I think, you know, Elijah Moore, I think we're gonna need him. You're maybe gonna need one play out of Marquise Goodwin. You yeah. know, and and that's how it's gonna go. But you know what you're gonna get. He knows the looks. I think Flacco's very good at letting the layups be layups, taking what they give him, and and hopefully that will be, you know, enough. Is this Joe's thirteenth playoff game? He is. It's his sixteenth playoff game. Is it his thirteenth start? I don't know. It's on Pro Football Focus earlier today, it said uh, he's ten and five in ten the playoffs. And five in the playoffs. I yeah. wonder if that is. Yeah, I think that's. Um, just looking at this. Where are yeah, you? I did at? not. I'm on Pro Football. I'm on uh, Pro Football Reference. Yeah. I was just reading something on on one of the that was writing about that he was seven and five um, in Baltimore that's on the. Or is that uh, yeah? I think that's on the road. On the road, that yeah. could be yeah, yeah. Ten and five overall in the fifth, so sixteenth playoff game. Yeah, and it's three thousand nine two hundred and ninety days between his last playoff start, which was in two thousand and fourteen, which is the second longest ever. His last playoff start. Yeah. The yeah, there's a two thousand fifteen playoffs, two thousand fourteen season. Yep. Yeah, because they're yeah, he was on um in. Uh, week in 2019 with the Ravens when they were in it, but he didn't play. didn't play. Yeah, so that's where that goes. All right, there you go. There's your setup. There's your breakdown. That's all you need, everything you need to know. Uh, we'll be back on Monday to break it all down. Um, kidding. So much more to come. Cleveland Browns Daily 850. We won't even be back on Monday. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Be sure to catch the Browns preview show tonight, 7 to 8, University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Wyatt Teller and The Voice joining Ken and Gerard on that program. And The Voice will be on the call. He will. Saturday. The great you know I it. I told him, stay in your bubble. We'll come get you out Friday. That's right. Put you on a plane. We'll get you to Houston. Well, he's got he's got big operations going on at the Ponderosa with this cold coming in. So he's I'm sure that we have proper hay distribution oh yeah i asked when i had him on we had him on while you were off i, I asked you. for you yeah for sure that's so that we can't start this interview without yeah we got to know i got to know what's yep. going on there and how things said are going that they, at that time they were happy they were all in their blankets they were yeah. happy they were eating and that was it this was uh this morning with the windy rainy gross whatever the hell it was and it's not even that cold yet i mean it's coming but um this was the first time that like 
when I put like Buddy out, he was like, oh, I'm good. So normally when he goes, like oh. he's like ready to bounce around. Like he sees snow, he's excited. But this morning, like the combination of the wind and rain, he was like, Oh no, oh. my two chased a squirrel for a quarter of a mile. It felt like <laughs> came back mud. Asa goes in, Asa That's goes out now and pretends to go number two. Yeah, and then runs in like she did it, and, and he's like, like, No, 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 you got to do this out there. Yeah, and now sometimes <laughs> when my mom comes, she says you want to go walk, and she's got her little Sherling, and she's yeah. just like, nah, No, I'm good. Yeah. Not she runs away from my mom. Did like, they get the squirrel? They never no, get the squirrel. They did they? not get the squirrel. Squirrels today. are tough to track. Thank down. God. Because I've had to deal with that before. Yeah, that's no good. Squirrels are, are tough. They're quick. They're dumb. Agile. Yeah. yeah, they're very agile. And they can run up trees, which pretty Undefeated. Cool. Yeah. The really problem is. is when they come down. Right. Like, you have no need to come down. No, There's stay two up. dogs below. Nah, stay up. We're going to try. Unless they fall, that that's can happen That's when they too. get them. Next level's next. We're back tomorrow. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.